warning signs are all around us. We see them so often that, that often times we, we don't even pay attention to the warning signs that are right in front of us. We are inundated with them. They come at us in every direction, almost at every blink of the eye. Whether we're driving down the road in the mountains and the sign says, Caution, falling rocks. Or whether we find ourselves watching, listening to, having a conversation with the doctor that is right in front of us about a drug, possible hazards of taking it. You know, when you drive down the road and you see this sign of a curve that is coming or the road that is curvy and it goes like all over the place, which should register for you and for me. Well, it registers for me. No, it doesn't. It should register for us to what? Slow down just a tad. Instead of thinking that our car, our truck, is a NASCAR truck, our car, that can handle the curve at full acceleration. Some warnings and cautions are just bizarre, aren't they? One that I saw here recently was on the back of a hairdryer box that says, don't use when asleep or in the shower. As I was looking for some warning signs, I saw one other, mainly for you ladies, I believe. It was of a hair straightener that stated, don't use on your eyelids or eyelashes because it can burn your eye. Little Captain Obvious. Or whether it's just a coffee cup that has to warn, has to warn, because of the millions of dollars that happens in our society from lawsuits, that happens, that has to warn that the coffee is hot. Warning signs are everywhere. The products that we buy, the places that we go, even on the items that you and I have in our homes, these warnings are everywhere. And on a hill in Galilee, just off the coast of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus spoke to thousands of people one afternoon. Speaking about warning signs of life. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to read for us verse 19 down through the end of the chapter, and we are going to look this morning at three warning signs that Jesus gives concerning this life that every single one of us are living. Three warning signs in life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, down through the end of the chapter, reads like this. 
Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now you, no one, excuse me, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot, River Bend, you cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life span? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, Verse 31, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Heavenly Father, as we look at the warning signs this morning, would you speak? Father, would you draw us close and draw us near? May we pause and may, may, may we just quiet ourselves in this moment so that we might be able to hear you as you speak to us. Father, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Three warning signs for life. The first warning is this, that treasures here are temporary. Treasures here are temporary. They're in the first four or five verses of this passage from verse 19 down through verse 24. Jesus speaks of this treasure here. It is something that every single one of us, if we were honest, 
would state that, yes, we have spent time thinking about treasures here. Treasure in this life, treasure in this moment, things that we want, things that we think we need. And Jesus just almost in passing says, treasures in this life, they're temporary. Things that you are thinking about, things that you are planning for, things that you are dreaming about the last 15 or 20 years of your life, using everything that you and I possibly can to put away for that so that we can just take a breath. Temporary. Our verses for the month for us to memorize are found in this passage. And in this passage, in verses 19 down through verse 22, there is, in this warning sign, there are two commands, one negative and one positive. Look there in verse 19. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Why? Well, first and foremost, it's because moths, and rust and thieves. I love the Greek language in this particular statement because how they describe thieves, their word for thief was mud digger. And you got to understand why they would think that. They, they would say it's mud digger because the houses that people lived in in that day were made of mud. And they had to dig through the mud to get to the goods because people kept all their goods at the house, at the house or at the home. And so they would dig through the wall to find the treasure. So they called them mud diggers. I'd be like today. Jesus is using some contemporary examples of his day, but for us today, maybe it's not that moths are destroying very many garments, although they still do. Rust is destroying metals, and thieves are still breaking in and taking items. But maybe today it would be like this. Don't store up treasure here on earth because new models are coming out every single month. Broken pieces, not necessarily that they are metal, but because everything in our day, it seems like, is made out of plastic, so it's going to break. And Ponzi schemes are happening all around us. If you and I put our trust, our focus in the treasures that are here today and gone tomorrow, treasures that are temporary, Jesus is stating for us, we've missed it. The warning is straightforward. Treasure here is temporary. Either elements or creation, moths or other people will take it away. Treasure in heaven is safe. I told you there was a negative command. Now there is this positive. But, verse 20, you are to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Don't do the treasure here on the earth, but do treasure, lay up treasure for yourselves in heaven. Why? Because moths and rust can't destroy. 
and because thieves can't break in and steal. What is treasure in heaven? You know, as I was thinking about that this week, what is treasure in heaven? I thought of a couple of things that I believe treasure in heaven is. Treasure in heaven, first and foremost, I believe that he is speaking of is souls. How many souls have you been a part of to help lay up some treasure in heaven? I believe it's his relationship, your relationship, my relationship with the Father. If you are laying up treasure, storing up treasure in heaven, and that is commanded, and you have these uh, souls, people that you are sharing the gospel with, that you are growing closer to God in a relationship with, you're knowing him intimately, you're seeking and showing salvation to others, In this warning, catch this, in this warning, Jesus is combating our focus. He was combating the Pharisees' focus in their life. He's combating 21st century American Christian focus in life. What are you focused on? Guys, don't, don't raise your hand. Ladies, don't raise your hand. But let me just ask you. In the last two weeks, if an email came across your email that you received that stated, hey, here is where you can go look, because it did, it does every Friday on my email. Every Friday I can go look and see where my retirement funds are diminishing or they are growing. Every week, I can do that. I can do it any time of the week, but every week I get a reminder, hey, here's what happened this week. When that came across your email, last week, last month, did you spend more time thinking about that than you did about a coworker who doesn't know Christ? Have you spent more time thinking about, oh, here, here's what's going to happen when I hit this mark versus, you know, I know she, I know he, they're going through a rough spot. Let me go be Jesus to them. Jesus' focus in this warning for you and for me is this that we don't need to focus on the things that are happening today because they are passing away, but our focus and where we place our treasure is to be in heaven. Leon Morris, commentator, stated it this way. The point is that material possessions appear substantial and lasting, but they are subject to decay in a variety of ways, and that means loss to the owner. It's foolish for us. It's foolish to regard them as lasting. The verb destroy here is that rendered to disfigure. 
It means to to render invisible. It's like they are snuffed out and taken away, hereby ruining the articles that are in question. And so he says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves can't break in and steal. And then this statement, verse 21. For where your treasure is, where where your treasure is, where where my treasure is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's been stated that uh, if I look at two items of any individual. If you look at two items from, from my life or from Paige's life of the Tillmans, if you look at our calendar and you look at our checkbook register, bank statement, you can tell where a person's treasure is. Where's your treasure? He says, don't put your treasure on the things of this earth because they are going to pass away. But your treasure, sir, ma'am, lay it up in heaven and that's where your heart will be. For most of us, we think that's a backward statement, that your heart is where your treasure is. But if you set forward from this moment that your treasure is going to be that of spiritual things, that your treasure is going to be that of permanent things, of heavenly things, then your heart will follow. So my question is, what are you focused on? Where's your treasure at this moment? Put your treasure in things that are heavenly. And your heart will follow. A second warning. I love this one. This one's close to home. And I absolutely love it. The second one is that of eye health. For those of you that don't know, my dad is an optometrist. My grandfather was an optometrist. My great-grandfather was an optometrist. My great-great-grandfather was an optometrist. I wanted to be an optometrist, but I'm not. But I finally found it. I I, I told my dad yesterday, I said, I finally found it. Here is your verse. Uh, You need to plaster it all over you poor eye clinic. It, It is your verse right here in this passage. Let me read for us again. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is darkness. How great is the darkness. Finally, there is a scripture to back up for every single one of you and myself included to go to the eye doctor. There is a killer that is happening probably even in this room. It's called glaucoma. You can't tell that you are losing your eyesight and you need to go to the eye doctor to see the test, have the test run of the pressure in your eyes. This passage has nothing to do with glaucoma, myopia, hyperopia. It it has nothing to do with farsightedness or nearsightedness. 
doesn't have to do with the physical eye at all. So I told my dad, sorry, doesn't help you. But it does have to do with eyesight. And it has to do with your eyesight. And it has to do with my eyesight. What are you and I allowing into our lives? Jesus says, if you allow, if your eye is healthy, if you're focused on the right things, River Bend, then guess what? Your whole body's going to be healthy because it is coming in through your eyes. You, you could speak of it a different way. You could think of it as here is a gate. Your eye is a gate and everything is flooding in. And if you allow the junk, the trash, the perversion of this world to come in through that gate, guess what? It is going to corrode. It's going to corrupt. It's going to tear down all of the body. So how are your eyes? Spiritually speaking, you can you see 2020? Or are you like 2400? Legally blind. How are your eyes spiritually? Jesus is warning you and he's warning me. Watch out what is happening all around us in this aspect of our eyes. Paul puts it this way. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, verse 17 states. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. If you allow your eyes, if you allow your body to walk in the things of this world, you will not be able to do the things that are spiritual. You just can't do it. State it this way, and I'll state it again this way in just a moment, but you can't do two things at one time. Can't sit down and stand up at the same time. Can't do what's right and wrong at the same time. Jesus is warning this side of the room along with this side of the room and the center. He's warning every single one of us, hey, Watch what your eyes are looking at. Watch what you are allowing into your lives by your eyes. Because you can allow the things of this world in. And when that happens, sir, when that happens, ma'am, your whole body is full of darkness. You say, Brian, that, that's not me because it's only at a certain moment or it's only at a certain time of day or a certain time of the week that I allow those things in. So let me ask you this. If that's the case, if that's the case, and that moment and that day is coming close Tuesday at 5.30. Thursday at 10.40. Before those moments that you say are the only moments that you allow these things to happen, as they're drawing close, what's your mind on? Oh, it's almost 5.30. Oh, I know what's about to happen. He's going to walk by. She's going to walk by. 
Oh, I know, they're about to leave the office and it is going to be all okay. When the moment is over, what are you thinking about? You and I know that we can't state that it's just for this moment. No, it holds us captive even past those moments, even before those moments. Our whole lives are full of darkness. So what are you looking at? What are you allowing into your lives by your eyes? The warning signs are there. Are you and I, are we heeding those signs? third warning before we get to an answer. A third warning. The third warning, oh, we are inundated with this in our day. The third warning, anxious about today and tomorrow. Anxious about today and tomorrow. In verses 25 down through the end of the chapter, Jesus He goes on this point of stating for you and for me to be anxious about anything is wrong. In these verses, verse 25 and following, Jesus states that life is more than physical. It's more than this moment right here that you and I can pinch each other and we can see what's happening in this room. It is more than that. And I need this plastered on the backside of my eyelids. I need this on the inside of my windshield. I need it like tattooed right on the backside of my eyelids so that every time I close my eyes, I see that life is more than physical. It's more than Sunday morning at 10.59 a.m. It's more than the 70 plus years here and all the stuff that we gather up. This past week, I was uh, I heard of a of a survey and a questionnaire of pastors who had turned ninety. Pastors who had turned ninety. What would you do, knowing what you know now, then? And uh, this kind of hit home with me because this past week I turned half ninety. All right. So uh, I had a birthday, it got half, halfway to 90. Don't know if I'm going to make it all the way, but made it to 45. And I was listening to the answer to these guys, and the number one thing that these men of God would do, if they had to do it over again, looking back from age 90, they said, uh, I mean, by a wide margin, they said, we'd take more risk. Take more risk. Wrote that one down. Second thing, what would you do more? What would you do different knowing now what if you knew that then? Second one kind of hit home as well. Kind of went with last week, but I'd pray more. Trust God more. Knowing that He is still on His throne. Down One after another, after another, after another. Every single one of them dealt with things that were not just about this life 
physical life, but about a spiritual life. The author of Hebrews states it this way when speaking about being anxious, anxiety is fear and fear is opposite of faith. The author of Hebrews in Hebrews 11 states this, and without faith, it's impossible for you and for me to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe, same word for faith, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Sir, are you anxious today? Are you you anxious, ma'am? About small things? You anxious about large things? Jesus says, this life is more than than food or water. This life is more than clothing. This life is more than where you're going to lay your head. I I love what he says about the illustration of Solomon and all of his glory. All of his glory. He says, look at the lilies of the field, folks. Look, look, look out there at the lilies of the field. All of Solomon's glory doesn't equal what one of these flowers look like. And then, as he elevates how that flower looks, the next statement, he says, and that piece of grass, that piece of grass is going to be thrown into the oven tomorrow. Aren't you more, aren't you worth more than that to your father? And we would all say, oh yes, we are. And we would all say that, oh yes, I believe that. And we would all say, yeah, but I need to have a little rainy day fund. Yeah, I need, I need to, I need to put just a little back and think about this or that. And as that happens for every single one of us, our focus goes off of him and on these things that are on the horizontal. So what do we do? Jesus answers his question. He answers the warnings in verse number 33. But you, sir, you, ma'am, you, Brian, you, Riverbend, you, as an individual, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, food, drink, shelter, clothing, All these things, physical things of this world, all this, all these things will be added to you. In closing this morning, let me ask you two questions. What's Jesus trying to get across to you this morning? 
you, you just read, you just heard, I just read it for us in these 15, 16 verses, some warning signs. You're like, Brian, I'm, I'm really okay at this moment about my eyes. I'm really okay at this moment. Honestly, I'm, I'm okay at this moment. I'm not focusing on the stuff that happens to be at my address or not having stuff at my address. But really, I, I, I really need to go back and spend just a few moments on that first one. That first one that we looked at in those verses about laying up treasure in heaven. I hadn't been laying up treasure in heaven. God's speaking to you today. What are you going to do with that? He's given you a warning sign about laying up treasure in heaven. What, what are you going to do with that? He's given you a warning sign, sir, ma'am. He's given us warning signs about our eye health, spiritually speaking. What are we going to do with that? You're about to stand up and, and walk out those doors. What, what are you going to do with this warning that has been given about not being anxious about today or tomorrow? Why did he give the warnings? Because he wants you to have the very best life that you possibly can today. Because he wants your life and your focus and your attention to be understood that it is not about the 70 plus years, but it is about so much longer. Some of us here have been focused on treasure here on this earth instead of treasure in heaven. Some of us have been focused on pleasure for a moment and not looking for health for all of life. You know, it would be easy for me to stand and close the sermon and just talk about money because it is something that I believe every single one of us in this day we are inundated with. Where are we going to spend it? How are we going to save it? What are we going to do with it? How, how are we going to make it without it? If that's the case, then your focus and my focus is wrong. Because there is one who rules and reign in splendor and in majesty and in power and in might who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. For some of us, when we look at the bottom of the bulletin and we see numbers and we see negative $25,000 or more or less, our thoughts go directly to how are we going to make it? The question is answered this way. The same way we would make it if we were 25000 to the good, we will make it by Him. Him. He's the answer. 25 to the good or 25 to the bad, he, He's the answer. The 
question about dollars for those at River Bend this morning is not a percentage point. If you and I are giving a percentage point of what God has blessed you or me with. The question is a heart issue. I could stand and tell you statistics like this. The average person out of Mississippi, Mississippi, the average person in Mississippi, out of every $100,000 that he or she makes, gives 1.8% to ministry. It's not a percentage issue, though. It's a heart issue. Philippians chapter 4, verse 17 states this, and I believe it with everything in me. Paul states to those at Philippi, he says, it's not that I seek the gift. I don't seek the gift. I don't seek that that our offering goes from negative to positive or positive to more positive or negative to less negative. That's not it. It's not that I seek the gift, but this is what I seek for you, River Bend. I seek the fruit that increases in your credit. What does that mean? It means this. I seek the fruit that increases in your credit. It means this, that for you and me to grow spiritually, you and I have to obey. And God says, you've got to be a cheerful giver, Brian. You gotta be a giver who gives of money, of time for the ministry that I have to be done in this city. And we're not doing it because you and I have things focused out here, 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 and here, and we're not focused on Him. And they're warning signs. River Bend, will we heed the warning? Some of us here are thinking about these 15 or 20 years at the end of our lives. If I can just make it to 65, if I can make it to 70, if I can make it to 75, I can do what I want. Not true if we're His. Others of us here, we're living as if there is no tomorrow. You and I, are saying that I've wanted it all now. I've got to have it all now. Who cares about what's later? That too is wrong. The imperatives in this passage, the commands that Jesus speaks in this passage are focused on life and how it's more than the stuff and more than today. It is eternal and it is greater. And if you and I don't get anything else out of today, get this last statement. God cares more. God provides more. God knows more. Even before you ask, even before you think, He knows 
cares, provides, and has already acted more on your behalf and on mine than we can imagine. So trust Him. Father, we come this morning. God, in one sense, it, it's hard to see all of these warning signs that, and how they, how they kind of go together. But Father, in another, it is so clear that these warning signs that are in front of these men and women, these warning signs that are in front of me, God, they, they tell us and show us pitfalls. Show us where, where you are directing us in a, another direction. Where you are desiring for me, Father, for me to grow closer to you. God, I pray that as we stand, we're, we're about to stand, Father, you know this. God, as we sing, Father, would you speak? Speak clearly to me. Speak clearly to us about these warning signs that, that you've placed in front of us. That we would not, Father, we wouldn't take another step without taking heed to these signs. Father, that we would slow down. We would turn our focus off of the things of of this world and we would turn our focus on you because of who you are and what you have done. And may we trust you. God, would you work in the lives of the folks that are in this room? Draw us close to you and speak. And may we respond. So the response is for you. This time is for you, ma'am. Whatever he's asking, just say yes and obey. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. If you need to come down front to the altar, it's here. If you need to come talk with me, I'm here. Pray for you, pray with you, but let's respond back to him. Stand and join us.